Welcome everyone, we are about to begin Be'ez Hashem Shalom Ayashir number 245. We are in the middle of principle number three of the seven principles of making marriage work by John Gottman. Principle number three is about turning towards each other instead of away from each other. And um, one of the aspects of this is something that he calls an emotional bank account. That is something, a term I don't know if he made up. Uh, because I've heard this before, but it's basically like this, that every um, small improvement you make by turning towards your spouse and also noticing how your spouse turns towards you and appreciating it and acknowledging it, you're putting um, stock into an emotional bank account that makes your spouse feel richer and more um, fulfilled and more appreciated. And um, a big challenge is to notice it, to notice when your partner, your husband or wife does turn towards you. And he says an important point that if a couple generally seem un- unhappy with one another, they underestimate how often that occurs because it occurs more often than they realize and they don't catch each other's cues where each one even if they're not that happy in the marriage right now, but they do they do work towards each other in turning towards them and um, you know giving that gesture. And when you're unhappy, you don't notice it. And when you start noticing it and reciprocate, you appreciate it more. And that is a key. So there's ex- there's various examples that he gives of how to grow this emotional bank account at the end of a busy day to talk about how the day went for each one of you um, to help each other with uh, with the home with the cleaning of the home with doing the laundry um, shopping together um, doing helping each other um, with things um, eating breakfast together going to shul together doing home repairs together even you know certain things that they could do together that's uh, you know, that they both can do together. Um, exercising together, taking walks together, um, reading at the same time to one another together, listening to music, learning with each other. Some people like to do, and that definitely enhances things. Sometimes you can mute to work together. Some people do that if they're in the same direction. Um, you play board games sometimes together. And you help out other people together. You work it out with each other. There's so many things that you could work with each other to turn towards each other in many, many positive ways. Another point besides, so that's one exercise that he talks about, about adding to your emotional bank account and finding ways every day on a day-to-day basis to fill up that, what he calls emotional bank account, which is basically turning towards each other instead of away from each other, and then acknowledging when your partner, your husband or wife indeed, turns towards you and makes those gestures to show reciprocation that you appreciate it. Stress-reducing conversations also helps. That, at, For example, at the end of the day, you talk about how the day went, and it's very, very um, important. Let's say if you have young kids, after they're sleeping, you, you're able to rest a little bit and you relax a little bit and then you unwind. 
And sometimes certain conversations could create, you know, stress and tension, but certain conversations actually, when one, when you actively listen towards one another and respond to each other with an empath, empathy and without judgment, it actually reduces the stress and it, you, you unburden yourself and you share with each other, um, sometimes to unload about even minor irritating things, which helps a lot, um, to uh, alleviate a lot of the negative emotions and it connects the couple together and gives them the capacity of building a stronger bond with one another. So one idea of when you make have those conversations, let's say at the end of the day or a long Shabbos afternoon or a long Friday night and you're alone and you're talking to one another, you take turns that each one expresses to one another and while that one is talking to the other, you, the, the, the one that's listening is quiet and listens with genuine interest. Don't let your mind wander. Don't let your eyes wander. Stay focused on your, what your husband is saying, what your wife is saying. And you make eye contact and acknowledge for real and process what your husband or wife is explaining. Now, one thing that's important to do especially during these conversations, is let's say a wife or a husband, either one is is expressing their pain or expressing a problem they have that they don't have a resolution, they don't know how to resolve that problem. And they're expressing that uh, worry and that frustration. The way you make that person feel better right now is not to offer a solution. Later in time, after that half hour is over, and later in time, you could come go back and say, you know, something about what you said. I, this may be a, a a solution that may help. But right now, in that half hour, where let's say you take 15 minutes and then your spouse takes 15 minutes, where one talks, the other listens, the key there is not to give advice, not to offer uh, a solution, but just to listen empathetically, like to offer a shoulder to cry on or to support and to empathize. Don't try to fix the problem. Don't try to change how your husband or wife feels about it or try to rescue them. But but no, the, the idea is don't do anything just to be there. It's, it's extremely powerful. It may sound a little bit counterproductive. You know, sometimes they may say, you know, maybe give me some advice on this. But, you know, on occasion, yes, you know, they may ask, you know, I really need a solution. They're asking that specifically. So you you know, you respond back with, with, with a, a practical solution. If you have that, that can help. But most of the time, most of the time, they're there at that point in time when you're having these conversations, not to find the solution, but just to be empathetic to them, to show genuine interest in what your husband and wife has to say, and not to give a down pat solution. And the idea of sharing their inner world with one another, and, and that sometimes makes a husband or a wife feel closed off when their husband or wife doesn't, you know, keep everything to themselves and uh, they don't share anything. And then when they share, the other one listens and they've, and, and, and what happens is, is that there's a tremendous warmth that happens and a, a certain feeling of compassion and connection with one another. Um, so that is one important thing. Now, generally speaking, stereotypically, a husband usually gets caught up trying to solve his wife's problems. Men are often relieved when 
when they're told that it's not their responsibility to rescue their partner. It isn't. Very often a wife does not want or need necessarily right now that their husband solve their problem in a practical solution or try to save her. That usually backfires. When a wife generally shares her troubles with her husband, um, she usually does not react well when her husband tries to just give her advice right away. No. She generally wants to hear instead that he understands how she's feeling and that he feels compassion towards her in this dilemma that she is having. And like I said, and like John Gottman says in the book, which is important, that doesn't mean it's never appropriate to give uh, uh, solutions to problems. On the contrary, if a wife knows her husband has a lot of inner wisdom and gives a lot of good advice, profound good advice that could help, then of course he should provide it and give it. And the same goes the other way around when the wife has a certain wisdom that the husband couldn't, could get you know, benefit from her advice. That is true too. But generally speaking, especially in the beginning initially when they're having these conversations, it's usually um, not for the purpose of giving a solution, but just to show empathy, to show a listening ear, to show that you care. And you communicate your understanding you emphasize, you use words like you're making total sense. I understand what you're saying. That's a difficult position. I'm on your side. I wish I could be there for you. That sounds really difficult for you. And, oh, now it makes sense. I understand why you're so upset about this or why you're disappointed. Or I, if I would be in your shoes, that would hurt my feelings too. And I would also have trouble coping with what you're coping with. Or that sounds scary, and, and you really mean it, and you really understand. And that itself, that those words that we just said of empathy, truly helps the, uh, the, 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 the husband or the wife who's being listened to, to have the strength to move on. And actually, sometimes they, they form their own solutions. And you always have to be loyal and understand your, your husband or wife's side. Even if you disagree in some aspects but for the most part, regardless, you may not see perfectly eye to eye, but I'm with you and I support you. And you show affection and you validate the emotions and you empathize. And um, that's, that's a very, very important thing. He talks also about how to cope when your husband or wife is feeling at the moment sadness or anger or fear. And how to handle that and how to de-stress that you know, cause a, a, a to not to alle- uh, to help alleviate the pain, pain, and not to um, you know increase the pain. And John Gottman said that after studying many couples for many many years, many decades, he came to the conclusion, and it became very clear that happy couples li- live by this maxim: that when you're in pain, the world stops, and I listen. Okay, now it's hard because when sometimes that the husband and wife's pain is directed at you and and their negativity is directed at you because they're upset at you about something. And he's going to talk later about how to handle that in the day-to-day interactions, not to shut down when the other one's appealing to you, even though the negativity is because of, you know, is, is, is that you're the target of it. And you're, you know, so that we'll talk about later. But certainly when they're in pain because of some other factor, not because of their own spouse, then it's off. You have to embrace those feelings. You have to listen to their fear, 
understand it, have compassion towards it, acknowledge the difficulty, acknowledge it, and um, and even so. And, and and the good step is is if if you're the person that has difficulty generally confiding with your wife or your husband about your own inner world and your own problem, it's important to acknowledge that it's difficult. In other words, I admit that I have a difficulty talking about it and I'm going to talk about it anyway. And um, and that's very, very important. And you open up, you're curious, you ask, what are your concerns? Can you tell me more about how you're feeling? What can I do for you right now? What mixed feelings do you have? What makes the situation stressful? Help me understand the situation from your point of view. Um, and so on and so forth. Um, so, for example, if a, if a, if a husband or a wife comes, a wife, a husband comes home and says, I can't take my job anymore. It's too much. My boss is incompetent. Then I have to do all the work. A wife can say something like, it sounds like you're really stressed out because your boss is incompetent and, um, and you have to do all the work. And um, is that pretty much what you're saying? In other words, you validate and you try to make it clear that that's exactly what they're saying, that you truly understand, and that you you empathize. Sometimes by summing up what they're, they're saying and reiterating it really helps. Now with Lashon Hara, Helchus Lashon Hara, there's Lashon Hara Shiurim on this. And this is an interesting topic about when a particular person, is a, a wife or husband, is upset at their own brother or their own whatever, and and got very aggravated what they tell their wife what they don't in the idea of Hilchis Lashon Hara, and again when when we not an expert here in all the ins and outs of the Lashon Hara is Lashon Hara Shiurim, but even with that what you need to do is work with it even. For example, there's certain things that you're not allowed to be macabre and believe as Lashon Hara if your wife or husband is venting to you about about a person that's a difficult person, but sometimes it's the Tayelis to listen and to give solutions on how to maybe find the benefit of the doubt of, and just put things in perspective and something like that, then it's not Lashon Hara. Again, the Pratam of it is something that they are shiuraman and to be discussed. But for example, if, 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 um, if, 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 a, if a husband is having a very, very difficult time with a co-worker, and sometimes by talking to his wife, Again, no. Generally speaking, in the Chavetz Chaim, it seems that it's usher, it's tam lashon hara. What are you? What are you doing? On the other hand, in the certain times where they could alleviate by listening, could alleviate the stress and maybe see another angle. In some situations, it may be permitted in, in the way how you do it, as long as you don't believe it fully. But again, all of these things is something that I need to research more, learn the halachas better about the shiurim. Uh, I think there's a Shmir Salashin group by Rabbi Karitsky, very good, that goes through a lot of these halachas. But it's important that when it's necessary for husband and wife to express to each other a challenge they're having from individual people, to know how to do it in a way that you avoid the Isra of Lashon Hara or Rechilis and not, you know, and, and, and do it properly. And the Kavana has to be Letayeles and only to alleviate the stress for one from one another and to find practical solutions. And again, it's a complex issue when you're talking about people. But uh, that is one aspect of it. Another aspect is, is 
uh, you don't take things personally when 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 the, your your husband or wife is talking out of frustration. You don't tell them to calm down. Uh, you search out goals, and you don't minimize the fear or stress that they're going through. And um, that's uh, those are all very important things. What's important is also when your spouse is not turning towards you, and it's understandable that you feel hurt and rejection. Okay, but you need to realize very often when couples turn away from each other, it's not out of malice, it's not a maliciousness, it's not out of hurting each other, but it's more like mindlessness, being distracted, taking each other for granted, normal things that you really love each other, but you take each other for granted. There are other deep reasons behind it. Um, Maybe there's an inner conflict that you're bothered about something else. And you heard about something else. So it's, it's, a, it's a delicate balance. There's no question there's a delicate balance. And you need to know that if one side is not turning towards the other, the other one should still try to turn towards them. And when a spouse gives you the cold shoulder, um, the best thing is, is ultimately, in a calm moments, to talk about it and to say, you know, I feel alone when this happens and please let's talk it through and go through through it and discuss it. And um, he has some exercises over here, but it's more or less what I described over here in this year. And, um, you know, when, when, when you, you could talk about how, you know, you feel, uh, um, you know, your emotions and how you feel hurt. And then the other one, sometimes it's very true. A lot of times... I know this happens in my own marriage and in other, others too, that sometimes I'm, I'm, let's say, overloaded with something and my wife's trying to uh, express something she's worried about and my mind isn't there because my head's conflicted with other things that are there and I know I wasn't there for her and I did not do a good job about listening to her and it seemed like I didn't care based on you know my, my reaction at the time. And later when you catch it, you go back to your wife and you say, you know something, I'm very sorry. You caught me at a moment where I came home, I had a stressful day, My whether my boss yelled at me or something happened and I just didn't have a head to, 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 to listen and I should have listened better and I really wasn't and I apologize and now I'm here and I want to listen to what you have to say and you be there for them. So you could always self-correct and, and healthy couples learn how to self-correct. There's a deep friendship with each other. You learn how to forgive each other. You learn how to grow with each other and learn from the mistakes that each other, that you make with each other and you self-correct with each other. You didn't listen that well today. You listen better, uh, the, uh, you know, the next day. You weren't so empathetic today. You'll, you'll focus on being more empathetic, you know, uh, in the next opportunity that comes along. So these three principles that we just learned are very, very important. And Mr. Shem, we're going to go through more, the rest of the principles in future Shiorim. Hatzlacha and Bracha.